conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows. I thought you'd be glad to see me. So much has happened since I last saw you. I went on a journey of self-discovery. Not this fruit latter. Train yourself to let go. You fear to lose. What you need, you already have. Can you talk? XM satellite radio. Digital cable brings you a broadcasting system. So you you talk to the radio? Actually, you do. You're, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. Welcome to Stubbornly Optimistic, the podcast all about people and what makes them tick. Today we are rejoined again, once again, by my willing victim, I mean volunteer, <laughs> and Lachlan. I got your name right this time round. I could lie. This is the bit where you say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, happy 2019. Happy New Year, Anne. Yeah, He's well. Looking at me madly. Well, no, it, it could, well, yeah. I mean, it, it won't take much to make a happier year than last year. And as you can probably tell, <laughs> we are now going to go through um, our, I, we said top three, didn't we? Yeah. Top three things. We're going to see, let's, let's see how it goes, but probably I, 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 I struggle to think of three, so. Right. Top, top three, what we're calling New Year's Revolutions. This revolutions. was your idea for the title. Uh, everyone has great ideas yeah, as to what they're going to do. Yeah, because it's going to be so original. Well, yeah, it's another, it's another year around the sun, so we're going to do a, a little bit of a, a thought, thought experiment on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine's mostly going to be considered. I think I've, I seem to have just mostly concentrated on writing because okay. I want this to be my year. Right. Because my plan is I'm going to have a novel out by the end of this year. That's the plan. At least one, if not two. Right. Okay. So I'm I'm planning to finish one at least. Uh-huh. So I've been thinking about how to do that. So I've done some things and prepped for it. And I because by the time I'd got around to sorting them all out, it just coincides that it's the end of the year. So it's perfect for New Year's revolutions. Yeah. Or resolutions. Now I'm going to say revolutions all the time now. That's annoying. It's going to stick in your head. Yeah, it's going to uh, stick, New yeah. Year's revolutions. Okay. Okay, there's worse things that can stick in my head. Like that thought. That can't go on the podcast, though. But anyway, let's go. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not going to edit that bit out. <laughs> okay, so have you got one in mind at the minute? Yeah. Go on, then. I'll let you start. So oh, it's a God. guest privilege. Right, so... um. Research. Uh-huh. Like, I think... Because, like, one of the things that writers love to do is they love to come up with excuses. Like, they love to come up with uh, ways to justify why I haven't done a chapter this week. Or, or I need to I need to research... Um, you know, I, I need to look something up. I need to find some kind of material um, before I can write it. And I just decided that uh, particularly for one or two of my stories, that there's going to be some historical basis. And I'm also trying to come up with a convincing magic system. I think in the, in the last one I mentioned, about, um, like, one of my novels that I'm planning on working on is sort of fantasy sci-fi. Fantasy sci-fi, fantasy detective stories. Yes, you did. So I've got to have like a magic system that can, can be vaguely understood, although also mysterious. Right. So I've been reading a lot of stuff. I've been researching. I've been reading books on alchemy at the moment. That's mm-hmm. that's interesting. 
You were, I mean, saying, you were saying that was based oh, on positive. Oh, it's it? it's like the, I, the problem with researching something like alchemy is that you're reading something that people believe is true, yeah, and you read it and go, "You believe this? <laughs> okay." It's like the flat earth. Uh, well, yeah, and then finding out that uh, like homeopathy is a branch of alchemy did not surprise me. <laughs> But it, like I do think it, I do honestly think it's quackery. But it was quite interesting to read, um, and the good thing about sort of made up ideas that you kind of know are made up that you can kind of tell when they're made up because they make sense. Uh-huh. But for a writer who's writing a fictional story, that's perfect because you want it to make sense. Yeah, that suspension uh, of disbelief stuff. Well, it's it's well just look at what we use storytelling for. We talked about it last time. It's mm. like storytelling is our way of making sense of the world. Mm. So, of course, stories make sense. Mm. That has had consequences in our society, mm-hmm. to say the least. <laughs> that, could be an, that could be an entire episode. Let's not go yeah, there. Okay. Uh, but um, Oh, God. Uh, but, uh, well... <laughs> uh, um, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, like research is like still like a, a a big thing that you can. That you, oh God, I've completely gone off it. But yeah, um, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I've set myself off. Um, but like anything can be useful as a tool for like writing if you know how to sort of pitch it. Mm-hmm. And like looking at mythology is kind of handy i mean like i think we mentioned this last time but like oh yeah we did because we talked about joseph campbell didn't mm-hmm. we and how lucas took his ideas yes and made one of the most lucrative series that's ever been yeah, made and the... vindicated his theories completely what but was the name of the book the hero with a thousand faces that was it a thousand mm. faces book that was it mm. it's a really good yeah. book actually I, i'm trying to read it again mm. um but um it's not the only book he, he wrote and I, I need to get around to reading more of it but um mythology is useful anyway mm-hmm. because it's it that is for storytelling but i also like bought some fancy sort of books that i'm going to write in some really fancy ones paper paper blanks they they are ludicrously expensive for notebooks so people would think i'm i'm mad mm-hmm. some of them like cost 20 quid for something that's like it's smaller than A five. So what what was the what was the reason for buying them? Is that because like they look like spell tomes? So this. So is I'm like going to a... write in each individual one all my different <sighs> laws of laws right. of magic because I've got I've basically got f- twelve separate sort of I, I I hesitate to use the word elemental. I'm going to have to try and come up for a language that which describes it simplicity in in simplicity. But I basically got like three different kinds of element. Right. Um. And obviously, one of them is the 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 traditional fire, fire, yeah. water, earth, wind, mm. and then to that I've added another two strains, mm. um, and tried to sort of connect them together and weave them. And I'll go into more detail when I've probably understood it more, or when I know I've got a book nearly ready to come out and I can talk about it without anyone nicking it. <laughs> uh, not that I don't trust other people, I just don't trust myself to get something completely finished. You there's, need to, yeah. There's, there's, you don't want to talk too much about the idea and also you've created the idea. The other thing is, is it's very, like, you need to be very, very careful about talking about what you write. Like, Phil, Phil Pullman's talked about this quite a lot, uh-huh. of that thing of never talk about something that you're working on. Right. Okay. Because like it evaporates, you you lose it, you like because um, he says that um, and it's true. Writers are very superstitious. They're very worried about like 
It'll letting a genie out of the bottle before they've let, uh, given it a chance to simmer. Yes. Is probably yeah. the analogy I would use. Yeah, ideas. One of my one of my good friends says that ideas are like bubbles. They just pop. And she she's the queen of post-it notes mm. and just capturing it. Yeah, um, you need to. I, I, one of the if you if anybody wants to take away any vague writer advice because there's not an awful lot of writer advice that you can give that is universal because everybody's got their own groove. Yeah. Um, the, like, always have a notebook with you, uh-huh. at least one. Yeah. Um, if you're the kind of person that needs to organize and have things in a rigid format like I do, carry three. <laughs> And you know, um, always capture your ideas. Yeah. Um, but like, I've, because for a very very long time, I was kind of like trying to just let the whole sort of idea simmer. Because a lot of my ideas come from my my brain just does it normally, and mm. um, as I think most people do. But like, your creative impulse can be instinctual. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of reached a point where I know that if I want to get any further, I'm going to have to. Supplement it with knowledge. Do you ever find the um, the ideas? This is something that happens to me a lot. I I tend to have sentences and fully formed paragraphs appear in my imagination while I'm driving. Does that sometimes? Happen? Yeah. yeah, it's it's just a weird thing that occasionally I find myself narrating in the car because I'm uh, this this paragraph and, and mainly for the research stuff and for the blog and whatnot. It just mm. it just appears. Yeah. So Frequently. so that. I guess so it first... annoys me because I lose so much like that. Yeah, well, yeah, you can never you get to... it down on paper. You need to get one of these microphones, man. Just leave it. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I've I've got a dictaphone somewhere. I managed to lose it, so I need a new one. But yeah. um, write it down in a book. All I, the, yeah, it's a, it's an old analog dictaphone. So like, I need a what I need is is um I need a digital one. That's yeah. probably the next thing I should probably buy. Yeah, but um. So that's the that's there's, there's all sorts of connections, but it, it's basically because your un- unconscious mind, when it's free to wander, is when it produces its best work. Yeah, I think it was Sol Sol Bellow that Sol 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 Bellow, who said, um, "You never have to change anything. That you never have to alter anything. You wake up in the middle of the night to write." I think ah, is the quote. Right. Okay. Um, and your brain does the work for you. Yeah. Uh, and I've That's had so I've true. had that quite often. I, I I had a lot of brilliant ideas that are never going to see the light of day. Like for instance, I had this idea that um, tomato ketchup is like the universal panacea of the universe. It's like everybody <laughs> wants it for a different reason. Like some people think it's an aphrodisiac. Some people use it as a lube. Mm. Some people um, some people use it as like as a cure all, and yeah. and some people uh, use it as a fuel. And then I had the idea that. Um, it's ubiquitous stuff. Yeah, it was every everybody wants it. Yeah. Like Mars has disappeared from the you universe could... because a con man had convinced him, convinced an alien that it was a giant tomato. And um You could have it that nobody that everybody knows this. And the end joke would be sorry, this is massive segue, but my brain's just going, if Earth was the only pers- only only population in this intergalactic thing. If Earth was the only population that didn't know this, and we were using it to put it on our chips, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. The my, the joke was is they were the only ones who use it as a condiment, and everybody else in the universe thinks we're weird. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the key joke. The other joke of that was is that because tomatoes were the like the most popular export of the entire human race, and was the only reason that we got involved with the like the League of Planets in the first place, which is like a galactic alliance kind of thing. Yeah. 
and the idea was is that we, that was the only reason we were even tolerated. So massive amounts of our of our planet had to become rural, right? And it had led to a new sort of global catastrophe called global farming. And I just, I, it was it was a great pun at the time, but I was eighteen and oh. thought I was really clever. So your so the first one that you've got is you've given you you bought these three notebooks. They're like you're creating this spell. Oh yeah, they, we're it's like literally. It's no. literally like motivational tools. It sounds like you've you've pulled some motivational tools together to actually get you to yeah. I'm to trying focus. to kick myself forward. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the first one. I've, I've I'm basically doing research. Yeah, and have got notebooks to further that research. It's preparation. Yeah, which is kind of cool. So doing the prep, which now, okay, I'm going to be sneaky here and go. Whenever people make their New Year's resolutions, and I'm no exception, you always unconsciously and sometimes unknowingly look back at the last year and go, what didn't work? And from our last conversations and bits and pieces, one of the things you said was finishing projects. Yeah, didn't work. And fish eggs. Yeah, so therefore um, it's like, you're, so one of the things is... That is... Pulling the differences you, out. Well, oh, this is, this is awkward, because this is, that, that, was, that is number three. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, we'll park, park it then. Yeah, park it then. Yeah. It's fine. We'll park it and come okay. back to it. We'll park it and come back to that one. Because so that's mine... the big one. That's the biggie. You fit on the yeah. biggie straight away. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine, mine is um, is to read more. It's it, it follows similar. I have a research. similar thought. Yeah. My biggest thing with regard to what happened last year, um, professionally, was was that I didn't I didn't necessarily prioritize correctly in terms of the stuff that was going to give me the biggest return on investment. So I need Isn't to... Isn't that everyone's problem, though? Yeah, it's everyone's problem, but how do you... How do you... How do you quantify it? And what... The thing is, everyone goes... Let's, let's pick an easy one. Let's pick an easy generalisation and go, I want to get fit. How many people say that at the beginning of the year and go, this year I'm going to get fit? January, I would imagine if we did the stats, January, the, the, the gym membership will go up. But the gym participation figures probably won't. They'll yeah. at least win. Yeah, they'll be like, you know. Um, so everybody goes, yeah, I'm going to get fit. Instead of going, well, actually, from this date, I'm being fit. Yeah. And I think mm. one of the things that when I talk about return on investment and KPIs, one of the biggest things that, that actually has worked for me last year was mindset. Because when you start to, I did a podcast on this ages ago. Uh, I think it was a Peter Drucker comment. What gets measured gets managed. And I was measuring mindset. I was looking at what I gave importance to. And if I was actually thinking clearly about being, not projecting, things happened. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so for all I didn't do certain things right, return on investment, and the, the training, the physical training stopped, that was something that did work. So... So I think my my first one I'm going to I'm going to go very similar to yourself. It's the research and it's the prep. If you get the prep right, everything follows from there. Too one of the ways I managed to get myself through the last couple of years mm. was building up towards that. Um okay. Cuz one of the things I did did manage to do was I managed to avoid sort of switching off that impulse. I mean, I need to write I need to right i need to read more as mm -hmm. well although i am back to sort of reading more i have been reading more recently but like mm. um why do you read 
largely for enjoyment, just purely that, right. like to escapism. Like I notice that the things that I tend to read are things that generally cheer me up. Yeah, I tend to read funny writers mostly. Okay, uh, I like I read some stuff that can take me, kick me in the balls. I'm currently reading some, uh, Sanderson, Brandon Sanderson, and mm. he doesn't pull punches. <laughs> but um, so that's more is that non-fiction? Uh, no, it's fiction. It's fiction, uh, right? Okay. Yeah, he's uh, a fantasy writer. Uh-huh. Um, I needed to read more fantasy really, and I. I'm really getting into Brandon Sanderson. I, like, I, it got recommended to me because I've been looking at different fantasy, different fantasies and how they handle magic. Uh-huh. And like, Sanderson's got this interesting um, magic system in the Mistborn series. So that's what mm. I'm reading currently. But, so, you, so that's 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 you're right, reading it for enjoyment, mm. but also it counts as research. Yeah. So you you're wearing two hats while you're doing this. Mm. Yeah. Um, now the reason for the question was like. Because my the, the the question that sort of sits underneath that is what is it that you get out of reading? And for me, because I, I over the last two years I haven't been a big reader. Um, it's only in the last six months I've kind of gone, oh, books, yeah, I remember those. It's good. It's and good it for picks, stimulus. Yeah. It's good for stimulus. Um, like to keep my mind going. If I don't read, my uh, writing impulses slightly atrophy. Right. But. I've got this awful thing, and I think probably an awful lot of people who write might probably get this, but there's a kind of little sort of niggling impulse in the back of my brain that kind of, like, spends most of its time experiencing certain novels and also TV shows and films and all that. Go Sort of, like, basically getting to a point where some twist happens yeah. and disagreeing with the twist because I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> I ruined so much stuff like that. Yeah. So it always makes it... It makes it... Me, I, I, very, I find it very difficult to switch off. And the only way I'm able to switch off is if I find something sort of quite quaint and low. Yeah. With, like, a very, very uh, low... What's the word? Low stakes. Okay. So something like P.G. Woodhouse. I read, I read loads of Woodhouse. House and, and you'd be surprised because I mean for one thing I'm definitely not a toff, right? And it's kind of like if you're a toff, you're probably going to appreciate it more. Although that said, his heroes are working class people. I mean, yeah. Jeeves is obviously he's got a certain air of sophistication, which means that he can hide in plain sight in a yeah. upper class world. But he is a working man, yeah, and he's smarter than everybody else in the room. But the Jeeves and Wooster thing was really interesting. I watched it with the uh, Fry and Laurie years. Um, on telly and it was really interesting that it was the first thing I can remember where you you reversed the stereotype yes okay the bimbling fool that was um, Bertie. Bertie Wooster mm. you know born into money and had a butler had a manservant you know but but it was obvious that the educated one was the one with the lower social yeah, the, status yeah and that 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 interplay was was interesting and funny obviously that's where the laughs came from but it was also somewhat social commentary very almost almost like a comedy version of Black Mirror, I guess. Although time. the irony is, is that the simplicity of where that comes from is simply because Bertie spent uh, Bertie um, P.G. Woodhouse quite like Bertie, and that's where that was going. Uh, spent an awful lot of time being ferreted around several ants. Yeah. So you had ants that were an awful lot like the ants that Bertie keeps visiting, mm. and he spent most of his time being looked after by the people downstairs. So he he kind of idolizes them. But the the reason to read Woodhouse is is kind of, largely speaking, I mean there are some ones that c- can be quite agony. But I mean if you if you're like me and you've got a certain amount of anxiety, mm. 
think it's fair to say I've got some anxiety problems, but like when I've, because that's what's always held me back from reading was I just kind of, it was weird. I just got to a point where I needed safe things. So I was like watching, watching things I'd already seen. Mm. I had an anxiety about enjoying things. Like, like I, I now go to the, th- I now go to the cinema really often and watch new things and mm-hmm. enjoy it regardless mm-hmm. but for quite a while actually a couple of years ago I could not I like used to be really really anxious because I was going into something that I didn't know the outcome to mm. and if you are in that position a good way to get back to just experiencing new things is to read Woodhouse because nothing major is going to happen and everything's <laughs> going to turn all right in the end yeah and that is kind of if you're if you've got any form of depression or anxiety Woodhouse is good to read for that because mm-hmm. nothing bad will happen and there's plenty of laughs within it oh yeah yeah so it, it kind of... it's generally funny i mean some of it can be a little bit awkward there's like a couple of times where bertie tries to impress a girl and frequently that involves doing some questionable things that would probably get you locked up with young children <laughs> Like he pushes a kid in a lake to try and impress a lass. He pushes a kid in a lake so he can save the kid. Yeah, so he can save the thinking kid, yeah. the kid's not going to say anything about the fact he's been pushed into a lake by yeah. the guy who's now pretending to save him. Yeah. But he doesn't think things through. No. no. He also kidnaps another boy <laughs> for like a similar reason in one of the short stories. It's just like, it's, yeah. I don't think I can read this. But then this the, day, the, these day, this day and age, you, it would not be that innocent. Yeah, but that's you can that's tell how is, naive PG Woodhouse was. <laughs> that's that that's part of the joke, isn't it? In the sense, yeah. that, you know, the the times change. I mean, we've got the same sort of stuff with Bernard Manning on the telly, and and other things from sort of the nineteen seventies era, or Roy Chubby Brown. You know, the stuff that that, Those that people is still written. Get laughs. They still get laughs now. Oh yeah, and and in certain circles, you know, the PG Woodhouse stuff because it's it's written slapstick I guess you know um, it, you kind of you look at it with I guess you have to look at it with your very kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for relative goggles on you know it's all relative morality stuff mm. so, uh, yeah I've got to think of a second one now moral relativism moral relativism yes moral relativity it's easy to pronounce well I can do I can be doing my second one while you're thinking of your okay you one. do your second one but I was I... just going to say if, we, if we're going to go down the route of talking about things that are a bit dodgy I think PG Woodhouse is low on the scale because I've got I watch things that are, watch and read things that are much worse than that because <laughs> I've got a lot I've got every single thing that HP Lovecraft wrote and HP Lovecraft was a horrible racist <laughs> And there's no getting away from it. I mean, right. even he was even perplexingly racist because he was a bloody hypocrite. Right. He was really anti-Semitic. Married a Jew. He very much he was scared of immigrants. Mm. Scared of difference. Mm. Um, kind of. Kind of scared of, scared of how big the universe was, mm. and most likely scared of fish. <laughs> Don't eat the fish. Uh, and you know, it's, you just read. You just read those those horror stories, and you kind of see the kind of nightmares he obviously gave himself. Yeah. He must have had a problem with fish. Seriously, yeah. read any of his work, you'll find out very quickly that he does not like fish, and he obviously spent quite an awful lot of his childhood and the time in his life thinking, "What the fuck are octopus octopuses? We need to get rid of them all now." <laughs> And I said octopuses instead of octopodes, but okay. Uh, okay. All oh, right. Okay. The linguist in you is coming out. So, well, uh, octopus. Oh, no, 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 no. Octopuses is fine because it's it's usage. 
Right. Usage is correctness. Screw all those prescriptivists. And, and that's move, another. That's another one we can go. Add that moving, moving, point moving, of potential contra- controversy right there. <laughs> moving on to number two. <laughs> that's number two. Go on. Yeah. So um, third third New Year's revolution. What is new, it? Third New New Year's revolution. No. So, no. So, you've just given me coke. Are you sure there's no alcohol in here? No. Because I've gone from second to third without realizing. So the second New Year's revolution. Come on. Yeah. I'm starting a blog. Right, okay. So, this is um, interesting. Well, it's, it's part of that thing that I think every writer needs to do. So it's another bit of useful general writer advice. Mm-hmm. Get into the habit of doing something, of doing writing, I should say, specifically writing, on a regular basis. Right. And do it. Even if you're not publishing it, even if you're not doing anything with it, a, a blog's useful for this. Yeah. So you just get used to the idea... That there are p- parts of your weekly routine that involve you sitting down in front of a typewriter or a t- or a monitor screen with a keyboard yep. or a notebook, and you just well, it's probably going to be a keyboard these days, but and but and you just write. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is; just get used to the idea of writing a lot because when you start writing books in earnest, that's what you're going to do. Yeah, and like I'm starting to think that like basically I'm just going to pick days where I'm not doing much. And kind of just insist on office hours. So I sit there mm-hmm. from nine to five and treat it like a job. And that's the only way I'm probably going to get this done. Uh-huh. So part of but part of that is is that I'm going to do a blog and I'm going to start sort of writing about writing, which would be a really, really snazzy title for a blog if it didn't already exist. <laughs> there is something that might work. Um, you've heard of metacognition, presumably thinking about thinking. All right, yeah. So then you could maybe using the word meta in terms of writing. Oh, yeah, writing. I thought about that then. I had a couple of different kind of names. Well, the meta authority. Mm. Meta author? Because you've got author in authority. Yeah. The meta-rati? No. Meta meta author? Mm. You know, play around with that as an idea. It's just, just something off the top of my head, um, which would be a really great. Meteorology. Meteorology. Or oh, something. Or I like there's, that. There's something, you know, because I know that metacognition is something I talk yeah. about a lot, mm. thinking about thinking. Yeah. Um, and if I'd had the idea of think, calling my blog thinking about thinking instead of stopping I think meta just means in between, doesn't it? In it does. It means it's data about data. That's what metadata is. No, I was thinking just of the word, yeah. the origin, because presumably it's Greek. I would guess so. It doesn't sound Latin. It's, it's, it sounds more greek Um I should know, but I don't. I probably knew at one point, because, I mean, like, Old Greek and Old Latin, that's another thing we could talk about, uh-huh. like, depending on how often you want to actually get this loser on here, but, uh, <laughs> um, like, I, like, talking about, like, how useful Latin and Greek is, that yeah. could be a whole episode. Oh, it's so, it's so useful. Well, I tell you what, here's a, here's a deal, right, for, for 2019, <laughs> if you're going to start the blog, right, and your first, your first blog is this is like a double dare deal now your first your first blog is like what is meta if you use the meta thing right what is meta writing or whatever writing about writing mm. then we can go into all of that stuff we'll do an episode a podcast episode that can go out on oh, your blog right a plug well there you, you go should, why don't you why no. didn't you just say so because that would have been far too simple <laughs> yes 
So we'll we'll do that. We'll do that. You write the blog. Tell me yeah. what it is, and we'll we'll cross pollinate the I ideas. I do like meteorology, though. I might have to steal that. And I've got a really really bad feeling that probably already exists, but we'll give it a go. Yeah. The only Look sort of the, the dilemma I've given myself is whether or not to use my real name or to use my considered writing pseudonym. Mm. The, the the problem I've always had is is that like I don't dislike my name, but my surname a lot of people struggle with it. A lot of people will struggle with how to pronounce it, how to say it. And one of the thoughts I had was is that I think I've talked to you about this before actually about the whole thing of I was, I toying with the name Tony Mendax. Yes, you did. And Mendax is liar in Latin. Uh-huh. Uh Which I quite like. It's good for a pseudonym because it's it's admitting that it's a pseudonym. Yeah. And I've got Tony, which is actually part of my name. Yeah. But very few people call me it, and they certainly don't call me it because I don't ask people to call me it. Mm. So if anybody called me it. I would respond to it because it is part of my name and I've responded to it before because mm. I've known people who called me Tony. Mm. Uh, they just don't generally do it now. There was an old Irish fellow who used to do it, but he's been... He's probably passed away a, a long time ago. I haven't seen him in, in um, two decades, but he mm. used to call me Tony all the time. Right. Um, but um, if people call me Tony or Aunt, I know what they're talking to me about. Yeah. You, because you if, can... they, if they call me Aunt, they know me. Yeah, because I tell people to call me Anthony. If they call me Anthony, then they know me as an ordinary person. Yeah. If they call me Tony, they know me as a writer. Yes. So I immediately know what they're going to talk to me about, and that helps me. Yeah. Because that's one of the things I was thinking about. But also, if I'm going to use that pseudonym, yeah, then presumably I want the blog to already carry that name because that's what the publisher is going to be looking at. Mm. But a couple of my friends say, no, you should use your regular name because it's distinctive and it's just like, oh, the dilemmas. Well, why don't you? You know you can have guest writers on a blog. Mm. You could guest write as your ghost writing. That is a that yeah. is a clever way around it. Yeah, I didn't think of that. You could do that, um, that and then you can work. guest write as both on either, mm. and then that that separate in a similar sort of way that would separate out your audiences, and you could play around with that and how it's going to work because you can write Maybe. different content under different names. Maybe yeah. you know because I I've I've had that problem. I write about so many different things. I've just recently recategorized my blog. Because I had, you know when you tag a blog? Yeah. I had so many different tags. The search strings were meaningless. Yeah. I didn't have consistency. So I've gone through and I've re-tagged everything. There's like 30-odd blogs on there. On There's there's, there's 100. Is it 95? I think there's 90, 95 or 99 blogs. And there's, um, and this is on the old Stubbornly Optimistic site. The, there's 30-odd of them are philosophy tags. And then a number of them are gender stuff and bits and pieces. So people can find what I've written. But it's still, it still isn't catalogued in the way I would like. In the words of Oscar Wilde, fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, okay, so I suppose I've got to come up with a second one. I've done a U because I had it in my head. And it's gone out of my head. Shouldn't have joined in with the blog shit. You should have uh, just, I know. Should have just sat back. <clears throat> no, no, because it's true. Um, well, it was it was an organisational point of trying to categorise my blog and look at my yeah. my back history. Um, that that I guess organisation is a classic one, but I'm already in the process of doing it. Mm. Organising what I've previously written, yeah, organising organising it f- not for me but for other people to find it. Because I have a bunch of content out on the internet, and mm. I can't, you know, it's not as easily accessible as it should be. 
So therefore, it's lost. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's um, substantial enough to be a number two, though. That's just an add-on to everything else. What am I going to do? New Year's revolution. See, we're going to do a new one in twenty twenty. This is the bit you don't know about this podcast. We're doing another one in a year. We're going to look at this. Ah, oh, so we're going to do. do it? We're, we're going to do a retrospective. Yeah, we're going to oh, look right, at okay. it and go. This is what we promised ourselves we're going to do, and in twenty twenty, it's going to be 2020, 2020 hindsight. This no is what pressure. we promised. Oh. So you've got to do it now, dude. <laughs> You're stuck. It was this was a plan all along, wasn't it? You'd thought of the twenty twenty pun first, hadn't you? No. <laughs> lying, <laughs> lying. Because I would have done. I would have done Jacques Hughes. <laughs> just, just admit it. Just admit it to your listeners. You thought of the pun first. Just admit I it. I might have done. Yeah, there we I, go. I told you. I might have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you had that idea first. Because, oh, but hindsight being 2020. So, oh, we could do one in the start of New Year 2019. Yep. So, this is part one of a two part, I think, yeah. that you've been ripped into. So, um, I've got I've to sort of promise myself, if you like, I do something for the year that I'm going to work on better than last time. So, is that the organising? I suppose, yeah, the organising. We talked about return on investment. I need to organise stuff. And, and, and crucially, You've mentioned routine, starting routines and, and, and helping yourself to achieve something that, that, that has always been a little bit of a stumbling block, i.e. that yeah. completion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I need to, whenever I've done something, I'm really great with a project that's going on that I'm doing now. Once it's done or once it's finished... I don't necessarily tend to, to organize it in the way that I should. It just, I've got so, I mean, I've done so many academic things in my life, but my notes for, like, for, for example, for my nursing courses and, and stuff for my, my, my physiology degree and bits and pieces, I am just a nightmare. It's all over the place. If you've ever seen, like, you know that, that, that episode in, um, or that scene in um, the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr.? And there, um, and it's not just that one. Where, one Jeremy Brett episode where Holmes is so disorganised, he's trying to find one piece of paper, yes. and he's just got it all over the place. It's just after Mrs. Hudson's done some spring cleaning, yeah. And she comes in at the end of the episode. She comes in midway through the episode after Holmes and Watson have made a speedy exit. Watson especially speedy because he's just behind Holmes, yeah. And Mrs. What Mrs. Hudson's coming up the stairs, yeah. And he's like, "Bye, Mrs. Hudson." And she goes through the door. And the scream yeah, from Rosalie Williams, the actress, <laughs> is brilliant. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like that, but better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, re- I remember. Just I remember. a nut in. But yeah, yeah, it's quite common. It, it's yeah. in a lot of, because Sherlock Holmes is noted as being very messy. I don't know if that's definitely in the text, because, I mean, that's one thing I had I have read, like, because obviously some people can... Like not everybody's read all of a thing, but I have mm. read every Sherlock Holmes story. Yeah. I did so long ago now. Um, it kind of melded into one. Uh, like it's hard to it's hard to remember because it's quite distinctive. Because there's all sorts of weird stuff when when it comes to those stories. Yeah. Like for instance, just trying to get over the fact that there's an awful lot of ejaculation and no sex. <laughs> Is that metaphorical? Well, no, because it's ejaculate in terms of. Um, Speaking, speaking quickly. Yes, that's a play um, on words. Oh. I was, I was too slow in picking I thought, up on uh, that one. You know, it's it's almost like I thought of the pun first. Twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Touche, touche. So that's my that's my biggie. I've got to organise the stuff that I've completed, and 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 create a, an organised and accessible back catalogue of of works, um, as well as progressing the, the older stuff. Stop losing interest in the bits that I've done already, um, <clears throat> because otherwise I can't fully use them to, to as a springboard to what I'm going to do next. So, so you mentioned earlier on your third one that I kind of preempted. Yeah, you did. You so, totally so give preempted me, it. Give me, give me your third yeah. one then. Give you time to think of your third one. <laughs> yeah, you, you've done more pre-planning than me. Blimey. Well, I, I didn't do a lot of pre-planning. I just did some. But um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I kind of already had these three already worked out. But right. um, so, I mean, this is, I don't know whether or not I mentioned this in my last episode, but this is like, because I've already talked about like how I'm good at like coming up with new projects but like i am good at this in every single department it's not just writing it's like everything in my in my life is that so right. all my other hobbies it's kind of the same mm-hmm. like i will start games and not finish them mm-hmm. like computer games and like in my wargaming and skirmish gaming worlds that i'm also in i, I like i start modeling projects and never never finish them so i've got like loads of armies and very few of them painted and you like buy models and you paint them yourself and stuff like that and I like very very rarely so I've I've kind of like realised that what I need to do is reverse that I need to change that because it's in a way in my wargaming circles it's a bit of a joke that I don't paint stuff mm-hmm. um so like obviously there are named paint pots for one of the companies that whose models I own I don't I'm not going to go into too much detail but basically. Um, one of the jokes is that you can have models because it's mostly plastic stuff and plastic looks generally looks grey. Yeah. So there was a joke that, oh, they've been painted with Lachlan grey. <laughs> oh, uh, is it, which means is, is it actually cold? Which that? means they're not painted. Is it actually cold? Is there a colour called Lachlan No, 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 no. They're, they're joking that it's oh, called... Right, pa- okay. that, that's their shorthand for saying right. models aren't painted. Right, got you. Is okay. it painted with Lachlan grey? Although, they, they, it's, it's Games Workshop stuff and... Um, like they're starting to dye plastics mm. different colors mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily gray anymore so it, yes. it's it's it that joke's had a bit of a shelf life mercifully but <laughs> it's still a problem uh, I've, I've got a feeling sh- i'm going to end up with a whole paint rage very 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 shortly if i don't change this <laughs> yeah so you so you're so this is you looking at completing projects well yeah so broadly yeah so like i've just kind of realized that what i need to do is i need to do it everything mm-hmm. so i need to finish everything so what i need to do so I, I'm, I'm just like realizing that the thing that's missing from my life is my own discipline because i'm just i'm just finding ways to put things off so i've, I've just decided because basically it, it's coincided with a lot of things but like i, I mentioned before I'm, I'm not entirely mentally there uh-huh. and like this year was the first time i decided to actually do something about it in a long time and I think it's it's part of the whole thing of just like, I think it's me strengthening myself a little bit, actually. I think it's just I'm starting to get myself back on my feet and starting to realise it. So I'm starting to do more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And kind of the whole part of that is I realise that I need to have a bit more, well, a lot more self-discipline. And so um, one of the things I'm going to try and do is, is finish as many things as I can. Right. So, of course, it's going to be the novels. That's that. That's yep. the. That's one of the big priorities. Yeah. But also, like, 
what I'm really wanting to do is I'm just wanting to get to the point where I'm starting to get results. Yes. So, like, I've been on a diet for, like, three years. Not that you'd notice, because I'm no slimmer than I was three years ago. So, it's, like, it's just all about getting results. Yeah. And the thing that I'm starting to realise is I'm just letting things snowball. I'm letting things pile up. So, what I need to do is finish things, and then they're done, and they're gone. Yeah. And then I can move on to the next thing and finish the next thing. So I've kind of got to a point where I've kind of decided to sort of get myself to stop and finish things. Or if I'm if I'm starting starting something new, it needs to be finished quickly. Yeah. And that way I'm kind of limiting myself and yeah. getting myself to a place of zen. A place of zen. Mm. Okay. I like it. I like it. Mm. And there's there's two two quotes, both oddly enough, from Tim Ferriss that came to mind while we were, we were talking. Was um, the first one is. If you don't have time, you don't have priorities, which is a very kind of bold statement. And I'm sure the listeners and, and indeed myself, when I first heard it, I, you can pick holes in that straight away. But ultimately, it's if you don't have time, you haven't made time. Yeah. And the other one is um, if you have a list of stuff that needs doing and you need to prioritize it, the way to prioritize it is which one do I do that makes all the rest easier and or not needed? And I think you've already hit it. Well, yeah, but I, with me, there's there's no uh, solution there right. in that. But, I mean, definitely the ones that uh, are prioritised is, is the novels because, like, yeah. kind of I view myself as a writer, but I can't really call myself a writer until I'm I have a book out there. But if you look at that question, this is just my head spinning here, if you look at that question you've got like everything and you said everything you've got writing fitness health diet yeah. everything right yeah. and you look at that question you go which one of these if i do it first will make all the others either easier or not needed the diet's got to be at the top the reason Probably, the yeah. reason i say that is because i know when i'm physically fit and i love being physically fit i'm not at the minute but i know that this between my ears works better and everything you do is cognitive I mean, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. But um, although the funny thing is, I've noticed that uh, when my diet is better, I sleep at night, which is weird. But yeah. I don't know if that's the same for everyone. Because um, I'm, start th- 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 I'm starting to think, I mean, this is just a sort of minor side point, but I'm mm. just starting to think that, like, we we live in a society where we've got, like, an awful lot of problems with mood and, and like, problems sleeping. And I'm just thinking about the average everyday diet. Mm. And... The amount of people in this country who spend a large amount of the time and the things that they're eating are sort of bread or breaded products, Mm -hmm. heavy on the wheat, heavy on the meat. Mm -hmm. These are things that, like, your body really struggles to digest. Mm. No wonder people are constantly staying up late and being tired because your body's going to spend so much of its energy trying to break all that shit down, and there's no way... It's a weird sort of we scenario. Need to, we need to eat more veg. It's, it's a weird scenario for me. It's when, when, I'm, when I'm making bad decisions, I start to make worse decisions. Mm. And, and, and fitness is something that's around that. Um, so, you know, that, that's just an observation from me on, you, on, on that third one, that um, prioritization. And I, I reckon it's brilliant because the thing is, it's also from the businessy side of things and having like specific measurable goals, smart goals. That's a very easy quantifiable thing that you know, finish more shit. 
yeah. do stuff, be a bit more... And also, proactive. I suppose you can track that one. You can see that one improving your life. Yeah. You can actually see it working. So you can stack the win. Halfway, six months down the line, you'll see progress. Yeah. And that keeps the motivation going, keeps the routine going, and it kind of builds on itself. Yeah. So this is, this is kind of the core of why... Why I thought this New Year's revolutions would be a course would be a a cool subject to do because everyone makes promises to themselves, but you underneath that you've got to go. How am I going to do it? And it's the how, and what do you need to do to affect that change? That's mm. the massive, massive deal. Because um, I think that's the, the that's the problem with resolutions generally. Because uh-huh. people talk more about the goal than what they're going to do to achieve the goal. Yes. And I think revol- resolutions should be a thing you're going to do mm. rather than a thing that you're going to achieve. Yeah, that's because a good way of looking at it. Because yeah. the, because the achievements that you get from it are yeah. self-evident, yeah. largely. If you, if you say, I'm going to get slim, or I'm going to yeah. go on a diet and stick to it, which, which of those two is better? Because if you just say, I'm going to be slim, right? You're just left with the, the, the blind, blind ambition. That's what you're focusing on. You're focusing on the end. Yeah. And when it doesn't come straight away, it's very easy to abandon. That's why most resolutions fail. And that's why the you gym need to, memberships drop need, off. Yeah, but you yeah. need to concentrate on the thing that you need to do mm. rather than the thing that you want to get out of it. Yeah. The thing that you want to get out of it will come when it's ready. It's that love the process, isn't it? Yeah. Love the process. If you don't love the process, there's no point doing it. You need you need to you need to be at home with the process. Process. That's part of the reason why I've never abandoned the diet, is because I know, yeah, like eating better makes makes me happier. It's just, I live alone. If I want to cook a meal, if I want a cooked meal that's nice and healthy, yeah, there is only one person doing that. That's gonna be you. And you know I'm lazy. And <laughs> takeaway takeaway is easy, and I earn enough money that I can normally afford it. Mm. And that's kind of the problem. Mm. Um, but I, I suppose I've just like, I've been getting a, sort of getting away with it. But the, the thing is, is that I, like I really, really love veg. And I kind of get to the point where I'm, that's a, another one. I mean, if we did more than three, another one that I'm kind of doing, and I'm just going to add it as a bonus, but yeah, cool. um, I really want to, I'm, I couldn't go the full way, but I'm going to go half vegan. Okay. I, I can't go the I can't go the whole way because I love eggs, I yeah. love meat, so I ne- I can't go the whole way. However, I do genuinely think that we all should be a little vegan. We 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 if you look at where we come from as a species and you look at what we are and who we are, yeah, we are an animal that for a very very large amount of time, throughout seasons throughout our life, relied on vegetables, yeah, and vegetable like substances. For the majority of our diet, that's what our body's adapted to. Yeah. And meat was an extra thing. It was an extra thing that we got as well. Because it kind of has the habit of running away. Yeah, but generally speaking, <clears throat> you you expend an awful lot of energy either waiting for that to come along mm-hmm. because you're you're back at the camp growing or picking something yeah. that is going to supplement that. Yeah. Or you're out chasing the bloody thing down to kill it. <laughs> Die, die. Yeah, yeah, and you burn yeah. it all off and yeah. you know you need that extra energy whereas now we live in a society where it's handed to us yeah. we've got all that energy and nowhere Free for packets. that bloody energy to go Free other packets. than expand your belly <laughs> yeah, I'm which it's done mine. in my case I'm looking amply. at mine yeah, I'm looking at mine. I've got my third one Yay, which is a right, great, I was just about to ask it's a great one actually your, 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 your bonus point um, is a great lead in I am um, 
making inquiries already, I'm going to do something that I've talked about, thought about, and been interested in for many, many years. I'm going to take up some martial arts training. All oh, right. I, this is where this isn't where I thought it was going. Nope. Nope. Um, this is something that I'm I'm going to do. Um, in fact, I am doing because I've already made contact with a guy who can do the the training, mm-hmm. and I've already priced up what I'm going to learn. Now, what I'm going to learn is the bow staff. Oh yes, you yeah. told you told me this before. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you get a, it's inexpensive because I'm not a millionaire yet. Um, so I need something inexpensive and regular listeners and yourself, you'll know my, my left knee is now dead. I would love to be able to run, but where every time I walk upstairs, my left knee reminds me why I can't. Mm. So I have to have some kind of training thing going on, which actually you've mentioned discipline. The mm. thing that draws me towards martial arts training is the discipline between the ears. And so I thought, what can I do? And I've been looking for a replacement from running and the, the bow staff training seems to be an ideal fit. The bow costs around about 15 pounds, not expensive. The training is able to be done outside. So in summer, that's great. It's a free area. And I know someone that can do the training, um, for me which is it was a great resource um so hopefully i will have when we come back in a year's time i will have something to say with that one training with the bow staff and, and a whole bunch of stuff with that um did you change your mind on the swimming then the swimming is part of it um the the, the swimming that's what i was expecting yeah the, the swimming is still there however when you do these kind of little small tests of things i've been a few times um it costs about 20 quid a month um it would be great if i could go to 35 and then i could use the gym as well Mm. and then because i'm relatively time rich at the minute i can spend like the entire day in the gym you know three days a week or whatever Mm. but i don't have the money in order to 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 facilitate that so i was looking for something that at 20 pounds a month when i'm not I'm not proactively pushing the swimming because it's there's more steps to it. Yeah. Whereas if I have a bow on the wall, I can go into my garden and if it's a nice day, run through some catters and positions. And if the the guy that's going to teach me, the tutor, or I guess you would call him a sensei, if he's going to teach me, then once a week he's going to come round and then we can learn. Yeah? And learn the moves. So it's something that I can do with minimal disruption and therefore it's going to be sustainable discipline wise the, the swimming is just there's more there's more paraphernalia to it you've got to get your bag together get going get in the water and, and all this and then there's the added element of being trans as a person so it's, it's had more barriers to it in reality than 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 i could consistently surmount on my bad days i just know so i think i've got to do something and i think what will happen is the bow staff training will have an effect. You were talking about effects earlier on. Yeah. It'll have the effect. I'll get the confidence back, the mobility, hopefully lose some of the weight around my middle. We're both in the same kind of shape. I hope you don't mind me saying this out loud. You and me are both built on the same lines. The apple, everything's around the middle. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I need to lose that, get a bit of confidence, and then I'll hit the pool. Well, you know, understand.
Ik maak je. <laughs> oh god. I was, sitting, been... I was sitting on it in one moment. If, you sit, one... <laughs> if you're sitting on it, it's, you're in the wrong place. This is supposed to be a family show. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> First of it. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's bordering on. Did I? Yeah, what was? What did I say on the Christmas episode? I feel well stuffed, or is that just me? Uh, <laughs> Subtle. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Um, um, <laughs> you floored me with that one. Good stem. God. Anyway, so back to the highbrow shit. Um, <laughs> I was branching out. Anyway, go on. Oh, it's just. just I thought of the pun first. You do get to the core of subjects. (laughs) Yes, choke on your coke. Um, You're such a pip. Um. Right, anyway, enough gratuitous, self-aggrandizing, fun type stuff. Just for the laugh of it. Um, Let's let's face it, it's dad jokes. It is dad jokes. I'm uniquely qualified. You just get to be like, you know... I'm old enough to be a dad. That counts. It counts. Yeah. Okay. Um, So we've done three... Well, you've done three and a half each. Yeah. Yeah, have you got a bonus one? Have I got a bonus one? You might well, you, as well, because we might kinda, as well. You've kind of given the bonus one of the swimming, which I suppose that, that ah, fits course, with the activity yeah. stuff. I've given the bonus one away. The bonus one, one would have been perfect to go, yeah, we'll come back and do a 2020 review. Yeah. Hindsight review. I've given it away already. <laughs> Damn it. Well, okay. no, it, yeah, but it was funny, so it's yeah. fine. A rule, okay. a rule of funny. Okay. But um, I think I'm happy with those three. I think yeah. they're achievable. Yeah. Okay. It's nice because they they basically that's that's the thing I think that the big takeaway that we we take away from this is that there need to be things that need to be life changing and there need to be things that you're doing for the sake of like improving your life and you've mm-hmm. got to, and in order for anybody to ever have any re- resolution that sticks, mm-hmm. it's got to be something that they are comfortable doing. It's no good saying well. I'm going to force myself to do something I really don't like to get to a point that I'm, you know, that I imagine I'm going to be happy. Because yeah. I hate to break it to you, pal, but for one thing, that's probably going to mean you're never going to get there. And even if you do, you're probably still not going to be happy. No. You've the whole, the whole point is, is that we all spend most of, most of our time seeking contentment. Uh-huh. And it's obviously doable. I mean, you can look at people who are obviously content yeah. to some extent, but they're even not. I mean, look at someone like Brian Blessed comes to mind. Oh, he yeah. spends so much of his time being blatantly comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, he loves but himself. But he still climbs mountains. Yeah. He wants to go to Mars. Yeah. He wants to go into space. Yeah. He went on to the centrifuge. There's a, he there's... went up to a really unhealthy speed. There's a great that was probably thing. higher than most human beings have done. There's a great thing. He's a fully trained cosmonaut, and it's actually it's a. It's funny you should mention Brian Blessed because I've got a uh, an episode coming out. I might put it out after this one actually, um, directly after. So in a fortnight's time, mm-hmm. um, is an episode on depression. Right. Yeah. Funny enough, it's it's already in the can. It's already done, and there's little excerpts in there. Excerpts. 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 Yeah, yes, yeah, those. That's, that's There's right. little little bits, snippets from Andrew Solomon, um, and from other people uh, about, and me particularly because I recorded this. There's a reason it's already in the can. You got any fry in there? Fry's good for that. No, I haven't specifically. I don't think. But the reason I'm not sure is because I recorded it some while ago while I was depressed. Ah. 
I recorded it when I was particularly low um, and I thought it was an interesting one for people <laughs> and my closing my closing little bit snippet is you are going to have to sandwich that with two happy jolly episodes you do yeah. realize that right well that's yeah uh, it's it's one that i've sat on because i didn't want to put it out of a new year i mean yeah. come on nobody does nobody does um and the uh the interesting thing is the end of that that particular episode is brian blessed and the interview with russell howard oh yeah and not to give too much of a spoiler away but basically you know the, brian blessed's point is you know love yourself and love life. Get yeah. curious about life. Just experience Don't it. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Don't yeah. let the bastards grind you down. So it's that, beautiful. That is, the, there you go, that is Sarah's bonus point. Yeah. Don't let the bastards grind you down for 2019. Yeah. And we really need to think that right now. <laughs> Don't get negative. I'm not. Much. Just thinking, well, uh, I'm just thinking, you know. Some some people's New Year's resolutions could possibly be bordering on the let's annex the Sudetenland. History joke for you. <laughs> I tell you what, this could be interesting. In to, in twenty twenty, we'll come back if there is still a podcast and if there is still a post Brexit Britain. <laughs> we may have all gone up in a cloud of cloud of smoke uh, between now and then, but we shall see. So that is that a wrap on this one. Always look on, on the bright, bright side of life. <laughs> Alright, bye guys. Keep it stubbornly optimistic. And we'll catch you in a fortnight with the depression episode and other things in 2019. Have a great new year. Bye. Any more questions you want to ask? I want us to get in the car. And go where? 50 years from now, when you're looking back at your life, don't you want to be able to say you had the guts to get in the car?